0: Hello there, you Snow Spring Supremes. It's Chappie, the British butler. Keep calm in cauliflower cheese, episode 170. Oh, yes, we're into that bipolar season of weather where it's 71 day and now it's about 15 degrees Fahrenheit. Are these going to drop down to the single digits Fahrenheit? So uh, my batuti is going to be severely frozen. But you know, what? I'm trying to warm thing- things up here with some delicious frothy coffee, get your volumizer out now. And we're not talking about the volumizer I use in my hair, we're talking about the volumizer to milk, froth, everything. Just that little bit of effort that you put into life, into the things that you fancy, makes a whole lot of difference. So if you're frothing up that milk, and uh, you know, I I do love the uh, Nespresso, but, I'm using some uh, I'm using some Kenko instant here, and it's pretty damn good, I have to say. But it's finished off with a dash of bourbon, a dash of Breckenridge bourbon whiskey. I never thought I'd like but I like Scotch, but I never thought that I'd like bourbon. But you know what? I'm really sort of enjoying this bourbon. And people think, Chappy, what are you doing? you red-faced, red-nosed, buffoon. Drinking too much? No, I mean I've had this bottle since Christmas Eve, and there's a there's a quarter of it left. So yeah, no no issues here. But anyway, I just want to give you this. I'm I'm not really a um, whiskey scotch reviewer, booze reviewer on the podcast here, but I tell you, let me read this out. This may be, this may get me some voiceover work. So we'll just try to get it. Our award-winning high-rye bourbon whiskey is aged for a minimum of three years in charred, new American oak barrels and blended to reveal the unique qualities of the bourbon whiskey deep, honey amber hue with pronounced aromas of butterscotch, candied orange, apple, dry cacao, brown sugar, envelop the tongue as the spirit lingers with the notes of vanilla and white pepper. Is that honeyed enough for you? (laughs) But it's lovely, absolutely delicious. And it's made from the snow melt from the Rocky Mountains. I mean, if you get that on a bottle, if it says to you, yeah, it's from the snow melt of the Rocky Mountains, you're going to say, I'm going to have to purchase some of this. And it's pretty nice. It's like a little sweetness to it, a little oakiness to it, a little honeyness to it. I don't know if you can get it in other parts of the world, but the Breckenridge Bourbon Whiskey is... A winner in my book. And it's warming the cockles. You have a doubt that I might be coming down with something a little bit. Uh but today I'm I'm living the dream. You know, I got my six and a half, seven hours of sleep. Still can't manage to sleep beyond uh, <laughs> 5.30 in the morning, it seems at the moment. Um it's not the getting to sleep, it's staying to sleep. I mean maybe that's a sort of over 44-year-old thing. Soon to be 45, I tell you. Yes, I'm always ready for presents if you want to, you know, deliver some goodies to me. Chocolates, delicious booziness, some pâté. I tell you what, though, if if anybody gets me the uh, Fortnum & Mason hamper, now that's a treat to uh, end all treats. Absolute, like, delicacies in there. Like, you've got the pâté, some beautiful cheeses, some butter, you've got some uh, wonderful sort of uh, preserves, jams, pickles, chutneys, it could last you forever. Not quite as good as the bountiful chest of chocolates that I got for Valentine's Day. But you know what, I'm going to have to at some point, I'm going to have to hide it from myself. I mean, that that must be one good thing when you start losing your memory slightly that you hide things and can't find them. I need to do something like that with this chocolate box because uh, although I'm getting to the sort of white chocolate selection, which isn't my favourite, I mean, I go milk, dark, white chocolate. Uh, if it's not the Milky Bar Kid, the Milky Bar Kid rules. The Milky Bar's in the UK. That's delicious. And you get yourself a Caramac as well. Now, you yankee doodles out there listening in get yourself a caramac the original caramac go on amazon and that sort of butterscotchy talk about the bourbon butterscotchy but this butterscotchy like caramelly goodness is like one of the best things you'll have i mean you know Cadbury's is absolutely fantastic lint obviously is amazing but try yourself a caramac that'll that may change things up for you slightly but welcome along to the podcast. Yes, we're talking about booze, we're talking about chocolate, all the things that you love. So you just have to delve into this. You have to immerse yourself into this uh, wondrous, nonsensical written podcast that we like to keep it, keep calm and cauliflower cheese. It is the essence of a carb-laden behemoth, you could say. And uh, we're here for you every week to uh, for your delectation delight and, uh, you know, if you want a, a wee bit of something nice, then join us twice a week. On the podcast today, we have all of our usual favourites, plus this, uh, Tales from the Old Uber Driver. Uh, we have the situation where, you get the Uber fairly often here, and um, we have an Italian fella that I think I met on maybe Monday. Uh, he was an interesting guy sort of salt of the earth, older Italian man. So we're going to recount some of his tales. I think it's I think it's sometimes when you're spending 10 minutes with a stranger, 10 or 15 minutes, just you and them, and you're chatting away. It's quite revealing. It's quite enjoyable as well. And then the, uh, the fellow I had the other day uh, w- was quite interesting too. He was a sort of um, East Coast as well. I think New Jersey, New Yorker. Anyway, we'll have tales from the old Uber driver. Uh, coming up Uh, also we never talk about country music on the radio and having rock rock in one ear country music playing maybe on a speaker those two those two musical uh, delights do not mix particularly well Uh, have you ever used one of those water picks to clean your teeth I did and I had a little bit of an accident and I'll be telling you about that as well Uh, also dogs dog pitches military regalia i know i mentioned this at the top of the show we never went into it let's try to get through this stuff today very remissive very remiss of your trap here not following the running order here batting order man anyway the, and have you ever tried that tingly mint uh, shower gel uh, when you've got a bit of a sore bottom now uh, we'll be talking about that as well and yesterday uh, tell you it was one of those days yesterday absolutely fascinating uh, watched a little bit of golf And then I saw Newt Gingrich, and he was doing a commercial. So when politicians do commercials, I mean, didn't Bob Dole do Viagra at one point? Well, I mean the commercial for Viagra. Uh, But yeah, Newt Gingrich is getting into the whole commercial uh, sector as well. We do have uh, some Trample Trombone, where we're taking some of the, probably the worst headlines of the week, the headline crimes of the week, and uh, we're equating them to a raspy old trombone or a, a vociferous Trump. Um, one of the two. That's, that's how it's going to fit in here. Rate My Plate, uh, one, of my favorite, uh, uh, one of my favorite sites on Twitter. Uh, we could be talking about that as well, where basically people take pictures of their food and then other rather mean people comment in on them. I also talked to my marvelous grandmother today, and I recounted the whole Aylesbury duck thing from last week. If you haven't listened to the Aylesbury duck episode, then you have to. Um, But I was telling her about the Aylesbury Duck and and my grandfather was the first person to talk about the Aylesbury Duck but she couldn't remember the joke so I recounted the little joke to her that was on last week's episode of the podcast and uh, I tell a rip-roaring hysterics uh, from her end. Heard some uh, news about my uncle who sadly had a little bit of a stroke. This is the uncle who is basically or was basically living in France for a long time, went back to Newcastle. Poor fella had a stroke but he is recovering and it's almost like carry-on doctor in the newcastle hospital with my dearest uncle michael i've got the innards of a dragon right now after sipping some of that beautiful uh, almost like an irish coffee but with bourbon in it oh things are warming up rather nicely for you people and as I said, it's lovely to have you here on the podcast. And so we've reached 170 episodes. You can always listen to the back catalogs of the, uh, of the, many of them, many of them where I tried to eat a piece of, uh, basically hardened yak milk bone that the dogs have. I tried that before I spatchcocked a chicken. I, uh, basically started the podcast one day in the shower that was uh, a foaming, uh, vapor Vaporub shower. Uh, very sort of invigorating it was as well. But yeah, set up the microphone, and I started the uh, podcast off in the shower. All of those uh, little nonsensical things. We like to be see ourselves as sort of community-minded and a public service uh, for you, the listener. But I did talk to my lovely grandmother, Joyce, again. I don't think she listens to the podcast. Maybe she does. but So I was recounting the Aylesbury Duck Tale, as I, as I mentioned, aforementioned here. Um, but uh, she was telling about my dear uncle Mike I mean we talked about it well. Tales from the French Countryside we did that feature during 2020 on the podcast where he was living in France living the dream basically and a uh, very charming man a lot of the local ladies were de- delivering French stew to him and bottles of wine and he was really living his best life but the poor fella uh, I think he's just turned 70 or close to 70 he just had a, had a stroke But he's in hospital, he's recovering, hasn't got up to walk yet, but getting a lot of movement back in his arms and absolutely hilarious. I mean, flirting with all the nurses and then he's got Ernie, the fastest milkman in the West to his right, basically. He's 80 years old, uh, who uh, he keeps telling uh, my uncle that he's not dead yet, uh, probably soon will be. So it's an aging crowd here. The poor fella got COVID as well when he went in. So he's had a bit of a rough go of things here. Um... And the hospital food hasn't been agreeing with, with him, apparently. I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, what a... we think about the uh, nurses and doctors and the frontline staff at all these hospitals around the world during COVID. I mean, at the best of times, it's an incredibly difficult job. Then you throw COVID in with somebody who's in, a, in a stroke ward recovering here. I don't know. Well, he's off the wine at the moment. That's a good thing. Um... But uh, I think anything to make that hospital food more palatable. Anything worse than hospital food, aeroplane food. At least on an aeroplane, you can take yourself a big old baguette and some cheese and that's your meal. In a hospital, you're pretty much stuck. You can't move around and you have to suffer the awful hospital grub unless somebody very kindly brings you in the food. I mean, I wouldn't touch it with, with a barge pole. And that is a very long barge pole when it comes to hospital food um but also it's pancake day we miss pancake day here in the podcast here my father will not touch pancakes i think he made himself uh, sick one day when he had tried to eat 15 pancakes one time and won't uh, won't touch anything uh, uh, since then my grandmother was telling me though that she did have pancakes Just simple lemon and sugar, not like a crepe Suzette. It wasn't a uh, flambeed affair either, Uh, but just you know, basic crepe with a little bit of lemon and sugar. Because growing up, we had never seen or heard of the American pancake. That fluffy, almost like a Scotch pancake for you Brits out there. That's what the American pancake is like. Um, But we'd never had any of those. I don't think, and I think a lot of Americans haven't had the crepes. Crepe's a wonderful thing. I'm still thinking about cream cheese, smoked salmon, spinach. That is going to be, I think, my dinner one night this week. I think that sounds absolutely marvelous, doesn't it, really? What the world's oldest people eat in a day. Ask any reputable doctor or nutritionist about what you should eat. They'll likely come back with a similar advice. Consume more vegetables, whole grains, nuts, cut back on meat, especially if it's red, go easy and sugary processed foods. This all in theory, in practice, when you look at the world's oldest people and how, how they manage to stay healthy well over 100 years old, you discover quite a mix of diets. Kane Tanaka, a 119-year-old woman from Fukuoka in Japan, who currently reigns as the oldest living person, eats rice, fish, and soup. However, she's not exactly on a strict routine. For her, this means savoring hakata, ramen, motsunabe, offal stew, uh, mentaiko fish roe and uh, musutake chicken hot pot sounds actually wonderful i had a lovely ramen the other week i told you about that she's also not afraid to indulge in cravings like coffee carbonated drinks and chocolate during the guinness world Records presentation ceremony in 2019 she was gifted a box of chocolates which she immediately opened and started eating later when she asked how many chocolates she wanted to eat today she said a hundred with most centenarians Uh, Other than, it doesn't matter which country they're from, there may be something to the health benefit of the average Japanese citizen is plant-based, low glycemic. In Okinawa, found that many centurions uh, had also practiced Hara Hashibu, eating until they're just 80% full, not 100% or 120%. However, there's still plenty of centurions, super centurions, who found around the world. So you've got an example, Violet Brown, a Jamaican woman who lived to 117. Her diet consisted of fish, mutton, and locally grown produce like sweet potatoes, breadfruit, oranges, and mangoes. Uh, Susanna Mushert-Jones, an Alabama-born 160-year-old woman, resided in Brooklyn, revealed that her diet included morning bacon, eggs, fruit for lunch, and classic meat and potatoes for, uh, for dinner. She said her niece uh, said she would eat bacon all day long. The second oldest person verified living, 118-year-old French nun Lucille Randon or sister André, does one better admits to eating chocolate every morning. In fact, chocolate does seem to be the running theme. Randon Tanaka, Jean-Louise Calment, who holds the all-time record for the oldest living person 122, uh, ate it daily. Calumet ate more than £2 a week in addition to the occasional glass of port, whether these women were on something. Dark chocolate has been shown to improve heart health. Or have they just won the genetic lottery? The secret to a long life is doing things that you like, eating the things I like, doing things I like, and being able to enjoy every day. How about the lady who ate bacon every day? That's quite interesting, isn't it? A couple of rashes a day. Keep the doctors away, obviously. So I'm still scaling, scaling the mattress pad. So I'm basically in base camp in the foothills of the Himalayas. I talked about this yesterday. And uh, and then my dearest darling is uh, at the summit of Everest. And you've got this uh, mat- uh, mattress pad that basically has a slope to it. And um, most of the time I'm in the foothills, but I found myself slightly on the upslope. So one of my butt cheeks. My ass cheeks was on the upslope the other night, and the other was on the downslope. So, I, I, I'm sure that doesn't help one's posture, does it really? And, uh, you know, you've got the, you need to be laying flat. But I mean, part of me, I'm sort of walking with almost like a hunchback with one shoulder up, one shoulder down, because my bottom was partly on the upslope, partly on the uh, downslope the other night. So, anyway, I, I think this problem should be rectified soon. I will not need my cleats. All my crampons, all the hook, or any rope to scale this uh, huge ma- mattress pad. I will, I will keep you up to date very, very soon on the, on the, my expeditions here, uh, my uh, alpine uh, expedition. I most want to wear a feathered trellby. I mean, and maybe plus fours, long socks, all my mountainous gear ready to scale one of the one of the steepest mattress pads in the world. Tales of the old Uber driver. Yes, so we uh, (laughs) love traveling in the uh, Uber. As I said, you basically have a stranger's attention for 15 minutes, and you meet some fascinating people. I talked about the Contrary guy the other day, where we would had the most snow in uh, January on record, but he said, oh, yeah, no, I used to get more snow uh, when I was a child, like 20 years ago. It's on record, man. What are you talking about? Anyway. The, the, the other day, I had a charming little ride with this older Bostonian gentleman. I think he was born on St. Edward's Island, uh, you know, pro- probably that was just off the Cape Cape Cod. Italian born, though. Six or seven years when he moved from Italy. And uh, he was sort of a fascinating older man, probably in his 70s. He uh, looked a bit like Tom Boswell off uh, Happy Days. That's exactly what he looked like. So that sort of Italian look, greying hair. Looked Almost as sort of fit as a fiddle, though. And he was telling me we're talking about Ukraine. And I mean, he basically told me he was very much a God-fearing man. And that's what the kids lack these days, that they were not God-fearing enough. And he said, yeah, I have—I uh, live over there. He said, that was the first house to be built over there. When I built the house, there was nothing there. And now this is uh, where I live now, near New Chappie Towers. It's absolutely... Uh, riddled with new houses. I mean, there's houses everywhere. Really built up. Lots of restaurants, movie theaters, everything else. But when he said 25 years ago, there was nothing there. And he's lived in the same house. These a big houses that have been built around me. And I'm not going to move until they will me out. And I basically travel six foot under. That's what he told me. He also said, with sort of like end of the world scenarios or whatever, he said he has 17 acres up in the mountains with a gun range uh you know stocked basically for probably about 20 years and uh of canned food and freezers and everything else and he said he could live for probably probably like 20 years anyway uh with with the i mean i don't know how much food you'd need maybe if you started going hunting or whatever um but like a perfect uh perfect escape pad for the armageddon uh but you know so he's got like kalashnikov's He's got all sorts of different rifles, shotguns, and everything else. 17 acres. And uh, he said that, uh, yeah, the problem these days is uh, people aren't God-fearing enough. And there we go. And, you know, difference of opinion, but lovely fella. Interesting to talk to. And the sort of guy who's going to listen to your opinions, I'll listen to his opinions as well. Even if you're on different pages. And he had another guy the other day, New Jersey fella in the uber and uh, he was sort of fascinating as well because he said nobody i mean he had he had a thing against californians he basically said uh, everybody was uh, too liberal they didn't eat enough meat out there so he said this is the problem not enough meats being eaten out in california uh, he was from uh, new jersey and he also said that people in colorado were were miserable i mean i don't agree with that at all but he thinks that the east coasters uh and the west coasters also the east coasters are much more friendly uh than uh, than the people living here in colorado which is absolutely bunkum to be honest um there we go that's his uh that's his viewpoint that is his that is the way he likes to steer his ship it's fascinating though he said he couldn't stand the extreme left he couldn't stand the extreme right and he says all the uh, moderates are boring and introverted. Well, you no, know, where are you going to sp- stake your claim? Where is your argument here? Where are you? <laughs> where is your stand? You're not left. You're not right. You're not centre. I was okay by him because he loved London. He'd gone there as a child uh, back uh, maybe 15 years ago or something for Christmas. And his father gave him like, you know, 20 or 30 pounds. And he said, all right, son, go out and be a man. Just make sure you don't embarrass America and that's what he said but he loves London you know he, he, he said he didn't get on the tube as he wanted to explore London bar by bar pub by pub so we had the lady who lived to about 115 eating a couple of rashes of bacon a day but fried insects that tastes like bacon held as an answer to hunger in Madagascar A small, hopping insect that tastes like bacon when fried has been identified as a possible solution to the growing hunger crisis in Madagascar, where the crop calendar has been thrown into disarray. The vast island, which is in the front line of havoc wreaking, changing weather patterns has been pummeled by four big tropical storms in the space of a month. In the south, where five of the past six rainy seasons have failed, the British charity Seed Madagascar is exploring whether locally found insects could help ease hunger. The secondary is already loved in communities as a chance forest snack for those quick enough to catch it. Nicknamed the bacon bug for its strong smelling flavor is not only tasty, but also extremely nutritious, containing high levels of protein, minerals, vitamins, research has shown five drought-affected communities suffering from high rates of malnutrition are being trained by the charity to cultivate host plants to attract them and learn about the insect's life cycle in order to breed them with meaningful numbers and feed thousands of people. Learning how to farm, harvest, cook, and store alternative sources of protein already uh, scarce on the island could help spare madagascar's extraordinary range of wildlife being hunted pound for pound insects require far less land water produce and fewer greenhouse gases other than meat i mean you're not going to probably get methane laden cicadas do cicadas even fart i mean you're not going to have the same problems farting cows are you or uh, or flatulent sheep we hope the bacon bug can provide a local resilient source of food in these areas where we work with rising global food uh, insecurity developing sustainable sources of protein have become an urgent task 70 percent of madagascar's 28 million population are already living in poverty and deforestation insect farmers is gathering pace in many african nations according to a survey the World Bank, which identified their potential to provide all year round protein, create jobs and help manage food waste. I'm all right with bacon bugs, but a deep fried tarantula and all that hair. I mean, I'm bit off hair on a piece of crackling, but you've got a hairy tarantula deep fried. That's probably going to turn the tummy. This uh, Breckenridge bourbon really is keeping the uh, home fires burning here. You do not need any coal in the furnace when you have a little of the brother of the Breckenridge bourbon steering me through this podcast here i mean this could probably have fueled the titanic i would say in all those boiler rooms it's uh, certainly a lovely lovely warming feeling so anyway if we talk about oil and water and we're thinking about music what sort of types of music or uh, types of tunes just do not really mix very well so i had this the other day on the speaker I was thinking you know what these two tunes do not work very very well so I had some rock music in my ear. I think it might have been some like ACDC or something. And uh, then playing on the speaker with some country music. Now, those two genres together do not work particularly well. I mean, it's so abhorrent. I mean, I had to turn both off and basically go and clean my lug holes out because it was too much. I mean, I don't know what you think. If you if you think which two types of music just do not compute they do not align they do not correlate together and i think the country music i think it may be the bpms or whatever it has to be something like that but the two of them together was i mean both might be denim clad but they were on completely polar opposites ends of the universe and dog owners presented with discarded sex toys while out on walks. Dog owners have been sharing photos of sex toys dildos found by their pets on walks. Rebecca Scott from Norwich began the thread with a photo of a toy uh, that her dog had found. So this is a whole thing. It's basically a uh, hashtag sex toys on dog walks. I believe it's something along those lines. The posters racked up 13,000 retweets as many people shared their own snaps. I mean, are people getting out and and about in the outdoors again? Frolicking around in parks and forgetting to bring uh, the big daddy home with them? I mean, what's going on here? Dogs are capable of finding the most unexpected items while playing fetch. And sometimes their finds can leave their owners cringing. People from around the world have been sharing hilarious photos of their dogs, presenting them with a sex toy after curiosity led them to make discoveries during their daily walks. Rebecca Scott, who lives in Norwich, shared a photo of a dog with a dildo in its mouth. Now, I was brought up in that neck of the woods, and the most odd thing I ever saw was a a slightly uh, lubed up cucumber, I think, on a walk one time. Yes, anyway, my dog Nelly has her best friend called Larry. Larry has an owner called Tom, who's my friend. The young dogs swim together in an idyllic spot on the River Wensum every morning. They bring back sticks to us in exchange for treats. It's all very idyllic. Rebecca's post racked up more than 15,000 retweets as pet owners admitted they were able to relate having had their dogs find sex toys in parks, beaches and even left by the previous owner of the house. Social media users around the world are sharing these photos ad nauseam. The sex toys everywhere. I mean what attracts the dog? Is it the smell of it? Or is it like the I mean, my dog Maggie loves to chew on rubber things. I mean, I'm not talking sex toys here, but there's this green rubber thing that looks like it could be an alien's penis, actually. And she loves to choose it. And she actually gets great pleasure. She's like moaning as she's chewing this green alien-like object. It's quite disconcerting. But, you know, some of these people, are, there's one picture here where obviously they've given the dog this sex toy just so they can be part of this whole Instagram racket. I mean, dogs are like sniffing out these uh, big old King Dongs. What happens if they find a Bob, the battery -battery operated boyfriend? I mean, if they find Bob and it starts vibrating in the dog's mouth, I mean, what the hell is the poor hound going to think then? Moving to pounding powerful jets. Have you tried those water pick things? It's a little chappy, a British. Why are you using water pick uh, on, on your teeth? Well, you know what? Uh, I, I decided it would be a very, very good thing. And I tell you what, the, the, these water pick things are amazing. I mean, they poop—they really do provide a pounding jet of water. And uh, yeah, you have to, don't wear any clothes. Well, you can wear trousers, I guess. But I mean, you probably need a napkin or a bib wrapped around your mouth. If you have like, uh, we talked about this before, I have a very, very sloppy mouth. Everything goes everywhere. So I put the water pick in. And it starts doing its thing i mean this thing is like a jet hose i mean you could use this to clean off any patio uh, any any dirt or umska that's around you could probably power jet this off in your mouth i mean it, it takes some getting used to but i i inadvertently took it out too quickly and i got a powerful huge powerful jet that penetrated my nose now i tell you something it I don't think my nose is. I, I think I've lost the sensation on the tip of my nose from the power of this water jet pick. So, people say, well, it's not as good as floss or whatever. Yes. well, try the water pick. It is better than floss. This thing is the most powerful thing ever. I mean, if you could take a portable one, it would be a perfect sort of device. If somebody tries to like, attack you on a walk or something, you could pull out this jet from your pocket and like, spread it into the eye. It would, uh, it would deter any rambunctious burglar. It's very nice to have some scented candles around the house and uh, everybody has their favorite type of scent. The right candle can fill your home with lovely fragrance, make a room feel cozy or make bath time seem more luxurious. What scented candles don't usually just make your house smell like a barbecue, but they can if the kind of smell you want wafting through your house. Heinz is about to drop a candle in Australia which uh, I mean, I don't know. If dropping a candle, uh, <laughs> maybe you light a candle after dropping something else. A, si- a sausage sizzle is going to be the new Australian smell from a candle. A true blue Aussie tradition. A, so- a snag—it will be a snag sizzle—is essentially a sausage served in sliced white bread. Or a hot dog bun with tomato sauce and sometimes grilled onions and mustard sausage sizzles can be found at community events the australian hardware chain bunnings is known for having sausage sizzles now why haven't sausage sizzles caught on i I would love to go to a sausage sizzle the term democracy sausage has even been coined as sausage sizzles are commonplace outside australian polling stations on election day now if you want to bring people together what better than a sausage sizzle i would say well, later this month, fans of the Sausage Sizzle will be able to recreate the smell from the new Aussie Sausage Sizzle Scented Candles and also three barbecue-themed candles uh, that uh, Heinz created in Australia. There's also the Aussie Backyard Barbecue. I don't know if you want the smell of an Aussie, an Aussie backyard. A scented candle, an Aussie Oz- 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 Beef Burger scented candle. I think I'm sticking, sticking to the snag scent here. Sharing news of the candles on Australian Instagram, Heinz wrote, don't let the familiar smell of the summer season fade with our barbecue inspired candles. The candles come with actual bottles of the relevant sauce, ketchup and mustard with the Aussie sausage sizzle scented candle, tomato sauce and aloli with the Aussie backyard uh, barbecue scented candle and burger sauce and mayo with the Aussie beef burger scented candle. They cost 20 Australian dollars for one of these candles. Now I would love to encapsulate the smell of a candle from the uh, the greasy spoon that I used to go to when I was at university. Carol's Cath uh, in in Pompey was uh, was a wonder. Down a, was it down the Fradden Road? I can't remember exactly here, but anyway, I mean she did uh, she did the big boys breakfast. I talked about this before with Uncle Jim. Now Uncle Jim used to do the all day breakfast and basically chooses items. And I, I, spent, uh, I spent more money on the Gut Buster with fewer items. I think Carol preferred him, to be honest. She liked, she liked old uh, Uncle Jim a little bit more than me, I think. Anyway, but if I could encapsulate the smell of a greasy spoon on a candle, I think that would be absolutely fantastic. You can hear the frying bacon smell, the fried bread, the, the eggs, the baked beans, I can encapsulate that all into a candle that would take me back the palace and days of my youth. Oh, you, trombone, a dad makes a most patriotic steak when it comes out the exact shape of Great Britain. Nigel Cooper felt immense national pride when he went to fry a steak and realized the meat he was cooking had the exact outline of Great Britain and he dubbed it a patriotic meal. Nigel Cooper didn't notice the semblance initially, but when he flipped his meat... (laughs) I mean, when you're cooking, you don't want to be flipping your meat, do you? Mi-me- so he flipped his meat mid-fry and saw the uncanny sight: his rump steak had formed the perfect shape of Great Britain. I mean, you wouldn't want to be on the fatty outer ring, would you? Complete with instantly recognised outline of England, France, and Scotland. Stunned by his dinner-time discovery, uh, Nigel uh, whipped out his phone and took a quick snap of the belly-bursting 12-ounce Big Daddy steak sizzling in a pan. I mean, what did he make, island? Did he get a load of roast potatoes? And uh, yeah, well that. Probably isn't politically correct. The self employed joiner wolfed down a large portion but admits he was defeated by the massive slab of meat, leaving Scotland to be enjoyed as a start of the following evening. Oh, Scotland was left with its tails between its legs. Or maybe the flappy piece of beef that was left. Uh, Nigel from Middlesbrough, North Yorkshire said, I've definitely bagged one of Britain's most patriotic steaks. I don't think anybody could even beat that. My concern, though is you know the outer edge of the stake. Scotland probably was very well done, along with maybe Kent, but Birmingham is probably more medium rare. I mean, all it really needs though is a good dousing of Worcestershire sauce. And a man called Louiso took advantage of the relaxed attitude to polygamy in the De- Democratic Republic of Congo to marry three triplets. A man has married three triplets in the same day Asked, he asked them all to tie the knot. Named only as Louiso, A man from the Democratic Republic of Congo was surprised when all three sisters he asked to marry on the same day. I'm obliged to become... And because they are triplets it wasn't an easy decision because until now my parents don't understand what i'm doing when speaking to afromax english on his wedding day i fell in love with a girl called natalie on social media I couldn't resist their beauty we met hugged a lot and decided to get married the wedding took place in kaleli which is a territory located in south kivu in the eastern part of the country the 32 year old man also claimed that it wasn't uh, just a random wedding he indeed was in love with the triplets known as natasha natalie negeja He was also already in a relationship with the former before meeting the other two. One of the sisters took the local news charities. When he told them to marry all of us, he was shocked. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, how does the one he met first of all say, well, you know what? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm. Uh, you know, uh, can I bring the two sisters into the mix here as well? But because we already fall in love with all of us, no, he did. He fell in love with the first one first. I mean, this guy's getting like a free ride, well, <laughs> three ride. <laughs> uh, even though people considered it impossible for three women to share one husband, to us sharing everything has been our life since childhood, the foursome, married, I maybe mean, it could it'd be easy on a game of golf, wouldn't it? I was talking about this earlier. I wanna go and play golf on my own. I don't want to be put into a, a you know, a, a twosome, threesome, foursome. This, these, these people would be sorted every time they went to play golf. I don't think there would be enough room in the golf cart, though. One sister said after the wedding, "You can see we're happy. We thought God would separate us with husbands, but that hasn't happened." I mean, what ha- do they like? Flip a coin or something along those lines? I mean, this is uh, this is like trio tripe. Trio, trio, three in a bed, and the little one said, "I mean, this really is keeping it in the family, isn't it?" The man had to seek medical treatment after shoving a dynamite-like device into his bum and detonating it. The horrific incident was reported by the medical journal compiled by researchers Ali Zimbratis at the University of Urology. In the report they said this case reports a schizophrenic patient who had a multi-system uh, rectal trauma after self detonation of an explosive device in the rectum and managed with reconstructive surgery without any uh, proper complications. Lower urinary tract anatomy was preserved and full continence was uh, achieved after the surgical receiver. What a relief that is for him and all of us I think. Piles and piles and piles of TNT. He dropped a bomb on his bum basically. Imagine this being the series of events. you very much for joining me on the podcast today it's been a delightful occasion having you here on this sunday sermon edition of the podcast hope you're having a lovely sunday if you like to listen to podcasts like and subscribe where you can on apple music you can basically hear me and just me no musical accompaniment or anything between the ramblings that uh, that you will hear during the hour-long podcast or around the hour long if though you like with your audio if you like some music to punctuate the uh, audio or if you like to drown me out with some music then you can. Today we have some Van Morrison, some Ben Folds, Father John Mystery, we have David Bowie, The Clash, Beatles, Karen Souza, The Beach Boys, we have TLC, Aztec Camera, Coogee Radical, Uh, And also Jessica Simpson, yes, yes, and Jessica Simpson as well. Believe it or not, it really is a variety mix. Some you're probably going to love. I mean, I'm sure everybody absolutely adored the Barry Manilow we had on the Music Emporium edition. It's probably putting you off the Music Emporium, saying that we've had Jessica Simpson, Barry Manilow. Uh, But yes, it really does have an absolute range of music that you'll never hear anywhere else in Christendom coming up next we have the poem this is written in March William Wordsworth the cock is crowing the stream is flowing the small birds twitter the lake doth glitter the green field sleeps in the sun the youngest and the oldest are at work with the strongest the cattle are grazing their heads never raising there are 40 feeding like this one Like an army defeated, the snow hath retreated and now doth fare ill on the top of the bare hill. The ploughboy is whooping anon anon. There's joy in the mountains, there's life in the fountains, small clouds are sailing, blue sky prevailing, the rain is over and gone. I will be back again next week, so I hope you have a lovely week and listen back to some of the back catalogue of this uh, rather interesting, slightly eccentric podcast, Keep Coming Cauliflower Cheese. Until next time, cheerio.